0: Today is Sunday, September. Let me try that again. Today is Sunday, November 24th, 2019, and this is episode 241 of the Defensive Security Podcast. My name is Jerry Bell, and on me tonight, as always, is Mr. Andrew Kellett.
1: Hello, Jerry. I, I understand dates can be confusing when you're busy time-traveling all the time, but
0: local reference, November 24th. It is. It is, uh, can be quite confusing, yes.
1: But... Uh, if you could get around to getting me some winning lottery numbers, right. I would really appreciate it. My my
0: my next trip forward, I will. Yep.
1: <laughs> so well. how are you otherwise? How's things?
0: I'm doing very well. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm uh I've got a my final surgery coming up in a week though. So I might disappear for a week or two, but uh then they'll put all the lego pieces back together and I'll be right as rain, they tell me.
0: Awesome. Be uh running the marathon again soon right
1: uh again soon what wait are there bears chasing me they didn't tell you pretty much
0: they did that's part of the deal yeah
1: oh man
0: i knew they were putting some extra parts in there for some reason (laughs) that's right that's what that battery is for keep you going all right um just a couple of uh, housekeeping items first uh you know Normal disclaimer: The thoughts and opinions are ours and not those of our cats and employers and um, wives, spouses, whatever. So, yeah. And uh, also, thank you to our Patreon donors. Uh, yes, appreciate. you guys are
1: awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you and uh, if,
0: oh, go ahead, go.
1: <clears throat> if you want to support the show, you're more than welcome to uh, join our Patreon. I know we got real spotty there for a little bit, but I'm hoping. We'll now get on a more
0: regular schedule again. Absolutely. We're trying. We're, we are definitely trying. All right. So um, we ha- we have a couple of stories, some pretty interesting ones um, for for today's show. The first one comes from uh, bleepingcomputer.com, and the title is Allied Universal Breached by Maze Ransomware, Stolen Data Leaked. Now, now, this is a, a, a kind of another
1: a... Ransom, yeah, another ransomware story, Jerry? Yet Just,
0: another ransomware story. I mean, we can't get enough of ransomware. Uh, this so, one, though. Yeah, so this one That's is a, a nice. little different um, in a couple of interesting dimensions. Um, number one is it has some similarities to to some uh, uh, stories we've talked about in the past. I think most recently the city of Johannesburg where uh, they, you know they were... Uh, locked up with I forget what strain of ransomware, but also the uh, the adversary claimed to have stolen data and was threatening to release uh, data publicly if if they didn't pay. And as it turns out, uh, they never paid, and the data apparently was never released. Uh, now, this is a similar kind of attack where the uh, the adversary uh, apparently connected to. Uh, Allied Universal's network and stole a bunch of data and then uh, propagated out this maze ransomware, which which um, you know, then did its normal ransomware thing. And uh, what is a little uh, different than what I've seen in the past is the size of the ransom was, was pretty steep. It was, I think, uh, 300 bitcoins or about $2.3 million dollars. Which is you know f- a fair amount, and and uh, obviously not only was the threat the ransom threat to not uh, not decrypt the data, which Allied Universal wasn't uh, apparently very eager to do, but also to release uh, uh, this data the data they stole publicly. Um, now, apparently, Allied Universal decided again that they weren't going to pay, and and so one of the um, you know one of the things this adversary. Told allegedly told Allied was that they were going to contact the press, in uh, in particular this uh, the author of this bleeping computer article, uh, which they actually followed through on, and uh, and ended up posting in the forum uh, of uh, bleeping computer uh, a, a link to the uh, I think it was about ten percent of the data seven hundred megabytes of compressed data, which um, bleeping computer confirms at least it appears to have come from uh LA universal now um i think bleeping computer felt pretty uncomfortable about being used as leverage in this attack against the company because they're still trying to the adversary i should say is still trying to uh, extort money out of uh, the victim here and um you know be, but i guess the the ransom has gone up i think it's um i think it i think they said it doubled but I don't I don't know what the exact figure is. But the uh, the the communications moved from the bleeping computer forums to some uh, Russian hacking forum, where the, uh, the 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 taunting continues, and it appears uh, by all indications that the, uh, unless uh, unless Allied Universal pays the ransom, the rest of that data is seems like it's likely to get uh, released. So. Unfortunately, not a lot of detail about exactly how it, you know, how this initial intrusion happened, uh, but it's, it's kind of interesting to see how this particular actor is really dogging the, the victim af- after the attack.
1: Yeah, a couple of interesting thoughts, too. One, you know, good news, if there is any, that, that the price of Bitcoin has come down a bit. Since the initial attacks, you you can save a lot of money. But, uh, on a more serious note, reading some of the sort of propaganda from the attacker, Allied Security, Allied Universal Security, is a physical security company. You can hire uh, security guards and physical security guys from them. They're not an information security company at all. That's not what they do. Correct. But it seems like the attackers think they are. (laughs) <laughs> so they're kind of boasting, hey, we broke into a, a sec- security company. A security company, like, um, Maybe it was lost in translation. But anyway, just an aside. But the ransom has now gone up to 3.8 million uh-huh. from the 2.3 initial. Okay. So it's probably some derivative of whatever the value of a certain number of Bitcoins is I'm imagining. Although, uh, like I said, Bitcoin's been dropping lately. Yeah, but as far as I know, and I think this article states this, this is the first time that I know of that – Data has been leaked as part of a ransomware, uh, you know, infiltration and and incident.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting the uh, the in the apparent back and forth between the author and and the adversary here. The uh, you know that I think the author of the story asked the question, well, you know, how, what kind of what kind of uh, assurance would a company like Allied Universal have? if they if they paid 2.3 or 3.8 million dollars and that you would actually not um you know not release, still release the data and their point was you know we don't really care about the data we just want the money and if we you know if we if we weren't true to our word then the next time we we run this attack you know the people aren't going to pay which is kind of similar i mean it's very similar parallels to some of the earlier days of the norm, you know, the more traditional ransomware discussions.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've you've now got these groups that have to sort of worry about the reputation, which is somewhat interesting and good because, in many ways, ransomware in general has gotten a bit of a reputation of don't bother paying because you're not going to get the decryption key anyway uh, for some of these groups. You know, the other thing I thought was interesting is, and I, I haven't seen this a lot there was ongoing communication and negotiation between the victim and the ransomware group. And rather than just a, hey, you can't talk to us, here's my Bitcoin address, either put the money in or you're dead kind of thing, which is what we typically have seen most often in the past. Because the apparently the, the victim offered to pay no more than 50 grand US uh, for their decryption keys. And of course, the bad guys say no way. The other thing I thought was interesting is this is a new aspect, because now not only do we have active ransomware spreading in the environment, but we've got exfiltration of a large amount of data in addition to the ransomware, which could potentially trigger additional alarms, depending on how they exfiltrate It's a little more complicated. It's you know, not that much complicated to find an exfiltration point, but it is something that we as defenders could and should be looking for if suddenly we see a big uptick in exfiltration of data that could be the indicator of the early stages of a ransomware attack. Now,
0: yeah, de- definitely. So, um, so, so one of the things that that, that struck me. And obviously, this is hopefully not a trend that we'll you know we'll see. But if it is, we'll have to figure out how to deal with it. But one of the interesting uh, aspects that that I was thinking is you know in in kind of contemporary times, there's a a, a lot more focus around. Uh, personal privacy and you know the privacy of uh, of personal information. When you you have laws like GDPR and and the California Consumer Privacy Act and, and lots more coming online, LGPD down in Brazil. And you know we we've talked in the past about how draconian some of those fines are. But setting that you know setting that aspect to the side for a second, I I wonder if over time there you know if this does end up becoming something of a of a trend if there emerges some expectation that companies who find themselves in this position have an obligation to keep that personal data out of the public eye
1: well it goes back to a debate we had in the past which is is a ransomware incident a a breach in the sense of disclosure of data and that was a debatable point but here it is a disclosure of
0: data Correct.
1: And that changes a lot of the risk profile and aspect of these sorts of attacks, and potentially your compliance and regulatory environment and how you respond to these attacks in terms of notification. Uh, Because you're absolutely correct. If if these, because if you look at the sample files, it looks like things like uh, separation agreements and other, you know, potentially PII laden confidential bits of info that's a whole different conversation with your potential regulator than, hey, we our, our files got locked and we can't get back to them.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, obviously, I I, I think this is, is is likely to increase the, the scrutiny that a, a breached company would fall under uh, from a regulator like, you know, under the GDPR or the CCPA or one of those other uh, laws. But I guess that, you know, it kind of, setting again setting those to the side uh, i i I do wonder if there is um, you know if there's there's going to be an expectation of you know of companies um, to pay and and, and so it 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 really changes the dynamics i think in an interesting way because in the past you know it was it was really except in certain Edge cases like maybe in in healthcare and whatnot. If a company lost personal data, you know it wasn't it it wasn't necessarily the worst thing in the world for the end victim, you know the 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 consumer or the the individual whose data was uh, you know was destroyed. But now this is a whole different ballgame, right? The the harm, the potential harm to people, is much more pronounced, and I and I have to believe. That if again, if this becomes a more common tactic, that we're going to see pretty sweeping different types of regulations that address this, and I I, I really wonder what those will uh, what those will contain because you know right right now ransomware and, and cyber attacks in general are are a nuisance, but in you know in general they don't have a a, a terrible and I and I say this. Knowing that there are certainly some cases where it is bad, but in general, you know, a, a, a mass attack on Target or or um, you know, the, the, was it uh, Marriott or or Starwood hotels? That was when I was trying to think of. You know, they're they're not um, they're not necessarily super damaging to the um, you know to an individual. But if it's your personal data that's actually, you know, being posted online and, and you know, usable or, or you know useful in the commission of, of different types of fraud and whatnot or, you know, you potentially, <laughs> it, you know, ends up going in some kind of dossier about you, you know, because like you said, you know, it, it gives information about why you were terminated from your last job that would otherwise be, um, you know, pr- Pretty sensitive type of information that would not be public. So you know these are these are starting to be some some of the things in. I, I suspect looking at the names of the files that in, under the GDPR would be considered um, special classifications of data, which are the kind of the most you know most serious types of data. The intention there is, you know, th- th- this is the type of data that if it were made public, would cause you as a person. real harm um you you know you would you would suffer you know real harm and and you know we can say that you know your credit card number being leaked online is a hassle and maybe in in certain other countries the laws are a little bit different but you know this just changes the dynamics so dramatically i think that i i am i'm I'm interested to see how governments will react
1: yeah yeah no i agree the other thought i had is uh you know if i'm the bad guys and i know you're regulated maybe i go uh threaten to leak this to your regulator directly to get you to motivate
0: yeah yeah like direct you're on more direct blackmail yeah oof ugly ugly stuff yeah absolutely so um yeah again there's not a lot of um, not a lot of detail about how this attack was perpetrated but you know the again i think the most acute thing here is is not the ransomware component but the actual data theft component and like you said you know this is not necessarily a new kind of thing what's what's novel about it is pairing the two things together and you know i look we've we've been seeing for quite some time apt style attacks where they're you know where they're going after data, but you know that data ne- never sees the light of day again. You know we had the OPM breach, and we had there's been lots and lots of of big breaches. The, the Anthem Healthcare breach a number of years ago uh, is another good one. You know that those date that data set you know was as far as we know was never made public, and you know because they were very likely stolen by an actor to serve a very specific purpose. Not to just create chaos you know, in the world, uh, which is kind of this is just a different situation, so i um, man you know time time to uh, to really take another look at your defenses and your ability to detect um, data being exfiltrated Indeed. all right so our uh, our other story for today is also uh, quite interesting. Uh, the, this one comes from CSO Online, and the title is How a Bank Got Hacked, and then BRAC is a study in not on how not to secure your networks. So the this, this story here is from uh, the hacker, the infamous hacker named Phineas Fisher, who we've talked about a, a couple of times in the past. This story actually comes from an attack that was perpetrated back in 2016 on uh, a couple of banks in the Caymans, and um, this comes from a a blog post that was released by, uh, or at least purported to be released by Phineas Fisher, uh, that describes the um, you know the the methodology that he used or he or she or they used in the attack, and uh, it's interesting because it. On the surface seems like it's pretty sophisticated, but when you read through the you know the details of how the attack was perpetrated it's there's really not that much sophistication, although I do think that you know the um throughout the throughout the blog post um you know the Phineas Fisher or you know, whoever this person or people are um Continually talks about how you know unsophisticated and unknowledgeable they are, and and you know I and I I have to think that's kind of like a backhanded, you know, like another slap against the uh, the victim here, uh, like I'm I'm dumb and even I could get in.
1: Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, but I think the takeaway for us is that using common off the shelf tools, he was very he she they them. I'm just going to say he to make my life easier uh, was very successful. There yes. wasn't a lot of really sophisticated stuff being used here, which goes to a couple of points. The bad guys only need to be as sophisticated as they need to be. right? And, you know, not everything is nation-state. And even if it is nation-state, by the way, there's nothing that stops a nation-state nation, very, nation state from using very unsophisticated methodologies if
0: it works. Correct. Which we've seen this in the past, be, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. The, there, there's, the, uh, there's the current story, we don't have it in our list to talk about but how the, uh, the Iranian intelligence uh, community is using, you know, is perpetrating super advanced attacks against uh, utility companies using password spraying attacks. Wow. Right. Right. Uh, right. That is That's some leading edge nation state stuff. So um, yeah. So, so anyway, the uh, Phineas, the the blog post Phineas Fisher posted was titled "How to Rob a Bank." Um, it's it's kind of interesting because the this not only has um, you know Phineas Fisher's account, but it also includes a report that was commissioned to buy the bank, written by Price Waterhouse. Uh, we, who, we think. Who, we think. I mean, but all in are. I've seen these reports before, and I have no. Yeah,
1: it looks looks pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. So anyway, there's a report that purports to be from Pricewaterhouse, commissioned by the bank uh, to investigate the uh, the intrusion, and and uh, well, Phineas Fisher <laughs> um, had maintained access long enough to actually get a copy of uh, the report. So that's kind of embarrassing as well.
1: Yeah, that's worth kind of taking a look at for just a moment. The bank reached out to PwC to come help them understand what was going on. So the initial indication of the bank was unauthorized SWIFT transfers. SWIFT is the inner banking money transfer system, one of them. And you might remember from a few years ago, going after SWIFT was all the rage. Yep. And this was you know, so kind of in that, that time frame. It was frame. in that time frame, right. Yeah. So keep in mind, 2016. So their first indication was that in their daily sort of reporting, seeing swift transactions they didn't authorize. So they brought PwC in. Now, what's interesting about this is Phineas Fisher says that then he laid low and read their emails to keep an eye on the investigation. So very interesting takeaway for me there, which is the internal comm system that the investigation was using was compromised, and they didn't know it, and they didn't assume it, and they didn't have, as far as we know, alternate secure comms to conduct the investigation. So something to think about right there.
0: Well, it's, a, it's, it's a good point. And they actually, if you read through the report, uh, it was identified that the attacker had been trying to read email. But according to Phineas Fisher, the way, the way he ended up um, accessing email was uh, directly from the internet using their Outlook web access. Uh, using stolen yeah. credentials, and they of course didn't have two factor authentication, which made this uh, all the more easy. So, so it, th- there's a couple of other aspects of the of the story that are, are kind of interesting. Uh, one is that this attack was uh, w- was launched again. All this is alleged, you know, based on what's in the um, in the blog post, but it all seems pretty um, you know, pretty realistic. So I don't have a particular reason to doubt it. Uh, the, the Phineas Fisher here says that um, you know, what he, the way he found the bank and, and uh, gained entry was by scanning the internet looking for vulnerable uh, SonicWall Firewall, or SonicWall VPN appliances.
1: And there was a known exploit against SonicWall VPNs back then. Correct. It wasn't a zero day. It, they just apparently... I don't know the exact timing, but it appears they did not patch.
0: Correct, and it was the same vulnerability, by the way, that I, uh, Phineas Fisher had used against Hacking Team, which was also a um, a number of years ago a pretty uh, widely publicized attack. So, um, same same vulnerability. Anyway, in this in this particular case, uh, Phineas Fisher put a wrapper on on the uh, the SonicWall SSL VPN. He Edited the login page to capture uh, passwords, and so he he knew that this, or like, I guess he later found out that they weren't using multi-factor authentication, and so he was able to capture the, the you know, effectively the Windows domain credentials of people who were logging in uh, remotely, and and so that gave him a pretty far and wide access. Uh, he used very standard tools. He used uh, PowerShell Empire and Metasploit and Meterpreter uh, to to move around. And he uh, allegedly was in the bank's networks for about five months reading the manuals on how, uh, how Swift worked and how uh, the bank ran their Swift uh, exchanges and whatnot. And he made...
1: Oddly only one to ever
0: read the manuals. Yeah. <laughs> correct. No no one else reads the manuals. Uh but but uh, apparently he did and um he made several successful transfers and and allegedly stole a couple as there's no definitive amount here but a couple hundred thousand dollars. So um you know that not not uh not the 81 million dollars that uh, the Bank of Bangladesh lost but uh, but still probably pretty significant for the bank of caymans
1: you know it was also interesting to me and i apologize if you mentioned this pwc says he got in through a successful phishing email and he denies that he says no no i got in through sonicwall vpn uh but he goes on to say but that means somebody else was probably fooling around on the network at the same time
0: yeah yeah so i yeah, I, I i caught that in the article too but if you read through the PwC report, the the way it's referenced now. I haven't read the whole hundred and what hundred and six, one hundred nine pages of the report, but in one of the artist, one of the um, artifact analysis sections, they looked through email archives and they found, as you pointed out, evidence of a targeted phishing attack using, um, I think it was Edwin, the Edwin uh, uh, Trojan, which. You know, by all rights, is a a Trojan used in targeted attacks, and as as you pointed out, this is uh, you know not the method of of entry that Phineas Fisher used. So uh, it's unclear, by the way, if um, you know if that other attack was at all successful, or if the if it just was sitting around in somebody's email, uh, you know, un uh, unopened or, or what have you. So. Uh, but yeah, that's that is um, kind of interesting. That um, and I, I should also what I was going to say is that in in the footnote on the PwC report, they indicate that they they don't have any evidence uh, one way or the other whether AdWins was used in this attack or not. But one thing that is clear is that they did they did not identify, as far as I can tell, and again I haven't read the whole report. They did not identify uh, the VPN concentrator as uh, involved so that's um, that's interesting
1: and i'm sure one of your favorite parts of the report was that he was able to run MimiCats on their active Directory controller
0: of course i mean what what else is active directory for <laughs> like i don't even I, you know at some point printing <laughs> it allows you to print over the network at some point it should just come installed pre-installed with mimikatz like why why make this even harder when did you become the cynical
1: one? <laughs> I thought that was my job.
0: It's uh, it's been developing. It's been how things have changed. Yeah, it's been developing for a while. Um, let's see. Um, so, so Phineas Fisher uh, said that in the uh, in the aftermath of PwC's investigation, they found a lot of his tools. Um, you, the interpreter. Uh, web uh, the interpreter shells and the and, uh, PowerShell empire that he had used to maintain persistence, but uh, they did not find his quote back door. And that was how he, uh, he you know, after a while, he laid low and came back and ran Mimi cats again and got passwords, presuming that the passwords had been reset. And so he was back off to the races and had access to email. Presumably that's how he got access to the, uh, the PWC report. Uh, but no no specific confirmation there uh, i it is interesting, as you pointed out about the um the importance of uh, you know unless you're really damn sure that you don't have a a continued problem using your email as a method of of coordinating response and communication as uh, you know as is evidenced here so uh, kind of interesting, but you know, at the same time, it's not e- email is probably not the only problem you have, right? You mean no, no, you got to think, and it's,
1: of, and it's easy to look at it in hindsight and go, oh, look what they did,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But, you, know, you know, I don't point this out just to beat up on them. I point it out because it's something you should be thinking about ahead of a crisis,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you have somebody in your network, you're let's say you're a Windows shop and you've got a you know, pretty pervasive uh, breach. You know, you almost anything on your network, your email, you know, your any given workstation, any of your SaaS utilities, like uh, let's say Slack or or what have you, are are you know, quite possibly also compromised. Uh, if nothing else, through one of the workstations. And so you know in that kind of a case how you know how do you respond? How do you coordinate incident response because it's without those tools you you're kind of uh, you've got both hands tied behind your back
1: yeah, yeah, unless you've got a plan ahead of time yes yeah, and and, and tested
0: and, and tested that's right uh, and now i I suspect that this particular bank was probably pretty small, you know when you read the yeah when you read the, the, the long-term recommendations, you can kind of see, and it actually felt, felt a little bad for them because it was <laughs> like, you know, you should probably hire a full-time IT security person.
1: Yeah. they. And yeah. Yeah, I had very similar thoughts. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of really, really basic stuff which tells me they either didn't have the opportunity, the budget, whatever, right. to, uh, right. to do any of the real basic stuff. Uh, yeah, they didn't seem to even have a dedicated uh, security
0: yeah, a CISO. The one of the recommendations was a, uh, to hire a CISO. But again, you know, it look not not every organization, just because they're a bank doesn't mean there's, you know, some gigantic um you know, Bank of America style organization. Uh, so uh, banks and by the way, historically are pretty low margin businesses and, and so um it's not necessarily surprising to see that they don't have uh, you know, they don't have everything that you might expect them to. But it's you know, it's it, it, it does point out uh what can happen if um you know if you don't have the uh, you don't do have all, all the right parts in place. The other the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting was the way these were they were targeted. And as I mentioned, they um Phineas Fisher identified this uh this bank using a Z map scan, looking for vulnerable versions of uh, of um, this VPN appliance, and uh, and apparently he was just g- kind of grepping through and found uh, these IPs in the Caymans, and and that for some for whatever reason was just you know, interesting to him, and and it turned out to be a bank, and so uh, so so there it was. So I think alleged. You know, if you follow the logic, it seems like he wasn't really even trying to find a bank to attack. It just so happened. That, uh, that was a bank running a vulnerable version of the VPN appliance in the Caymans and all those three, three things lined up uh, just uh, in, in such a way to attract his attention.
1: Well, and unfortunately for them, he was quite successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in the end, it doesn't sound like they had, I mean, they they, they lost some money, but it's certainly not, you know, among the most devastating attacks we've, we've talked about uh, there was a, there was another story um, this, this week about how target the, the retailer here in the U S who had the major breach back in 2013, uh, um, they're suing one of their insurance carriers for something like 70 or $80 million because the insurance company um, didn't pay, even though they target thinks they should have. And it's mentioned in there that target spent 300 million, close to $300 million, in uh, in the wake of that breach, so that's a you know, that's a lot of it's market.
1: substantial. But Target's also making a crap ton of money. Let
0: me see what their annual They're, earning is. They, they are they are a large company. You're right.
1: Yeah. So revenue for Target in 2018 seventy five point four billion.
0: Yeah. So it's uh, about half a percent, I guess.
1: Which, again, I mean, it moves the needle, but it's not going to make the board freak out. No. But no. I will say larger companies can absorb it. I wouldn't say that those costs are probably linear based on the size of the corporation. In other words, a small company is probably outsized, impacted, because of, you know, just the table stakes costs are so high.
0: It's a good point. That's a, it's a really good point. I mean, we... We we know that, for instance, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars that was stolen. That doesn't say, for instance, how much they paid to the PwC, which we can probably imagine was at least as much as it was stolen, uh, and you know, and and whatever el- other uh, remedial activities they undertook. So it's it it probably easily got into the millions of dollars. I would assume. We know that in the city of Atlanta, who had a. A pretty famous ransomware incident last year. You know they. I, I don't know what the current number is, but you know they. You know they kind of uh, went. It sounds like went to town and and you know funded a lot of uh, long languishing IT upgrades and put that into the pot of you know of, of damages. Right. So you know we 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 want to move to cloud. And, you know, but it's not been a funded initiative, but now we had this ransomware attack. So we've, you know, we're going to move to cloud. And now that move to cloud becomes part of the, you know, the damages that we attribute to the ransomware attack, which, you know, I guess in some respects you can, you can understand, uh, but in, in others, it seems a little disingenuous, but, uh, but there you have it. And,
1: and either way, I, I attribute the damages to
0: your mom. <laughs> very, very nice. It's been a while. Very, very nice. Yes, I, I, did, did you like the book that I sent you, or the uh, the book cover, right?
1: That was absolutely hilarious.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can post a picture of that somewhere for the uh, listeners. It was a, uh, the for for those of you who are wondering. It's on, on Twitter. I posted this book of it was a I forget the name of it. It was but it was like a guide to your mom or it was how to how to pick up your mom. It's pretty funny, so if it didn't already exist, I would have had to have written it. True. Very true. All right. So any, uh, anything else?
1: You know, there's, there's a lot going on, but you and I are still kind of getting back in the swing and you know, there's so many other interesting stories out there. I would, I would just say, Hey, we're, we're, we're ramping back up and hopefully we'll get back to a weekly cadence on this or uh, at least every other week and get the shows out on a more regular basis. So thanks all for sticking with us. I know it's been a crazy year, some of which has been my health some of which has been Jerry's schedule. He's a much busier and more important guy than I am. That's for sure. Uh, but, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get back to being a trusted podcast provider for you. And you know, just as a generic reminder, we are completely unsponsored and we did that on purpose. Uh, we don't want any third parties influencing our editorial comment. So we do rely on donations and, uh, or just out of our own pocket. And I will say that people have been incredibly generous and it's humbling and mind blowing to me that all sorts of random folks out there, uh, throw some bucks our way to keep the show going. And I really, really do appreciate that. And, and I hope we have lived up to your expectation and made it worth it. And I feel bad that we've missed so many opportunities in the past year, but we're hoping to make it up to you now. And, uh, thank you for your continued support. And hey, even if you're just a listener, thank you for your support. Um, Jerry and I do this because we want to do this. And uh, we've been doing it for, what, five years now?
0: Actually, so I mean, I think you've been here six years. The podcast is about to celebrate its seventh anniversary in wow. like two weeks. that's crazy. So, yeah.
1: That is crazy. So anyway, I just want to say, you know, just random off-topic rant. Thank you for supporting us and continue to support us.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'd I'd echo that. Thank you very much. I'm not sure that I'm uh, more important than, than, uh, than you are, but, uh, but uh, thank you. And yes, we will absolutely strive to, uh, to put out more shows in the future and kind of get back on track. And by the way, I I haven't looked at our bandwidth usage, but um, you know, before we, before we, uh, you know, we, we, we went, away for a little while we were pushing when I released just so, so you know we would we were for a couple minutes after we were saturating about five gigs a second which is wow which is quite a lot yeah so I has
1: a lot of coma wards. <laughs>
0: I've got, I've got uh, yes well a lot of coma awards a lot of prisons a lot of um, yeah, uh, true. you know uh,
1: CIA black sites. Yes, that right, use, right. Us, crowd use control, us for torture.
0: Crowd control, right? They blast it from the the tank, top of tanks to get people to disperse. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, we've, at least we're providing value. Absolutely, absolutely. To, I mean, it's some ways to, to, the, to somebody. <laughs> it's different for everyone. Anyhow, thanks again for uh, for listening. Uh, for those in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, happy holidays to everyone. Um, everywhere else, and we'll talk again soon.
1: Have a great week, everybody. Bye bye.
0: Take care.